1: Today on the show, I would like to welcome Dr. Sharon Lamb Hartman, who is the CEO of Inside Out Learning, also known as IOL, an award-winning global leadership team and organizational development consulting company working with Fortune 50 and 100 companies, as well as small and mid-sized businesses. With 25 years of experience, having earned a doctorate from Columbia University and a master's from Cornell, Dr. Sharon leads IOL to companies, teams, and leaders to achieve exceptional results. Dr. Sharon is a global executive, presentation skills coach, leadership and organizational development consultant, speaker, writer, educator, wife, and mom. She has designed and delivered over 3,000 innovative programs, including many women's development and executive presence and presentation skills programs. In addition to all of her wonderful achievements, Dr. Sharon's book, The Authenticity Code, is due out this year. We have so much to talk about, so let's dive right into this, Dr. Sharon, and welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Summer. I so appreciate being on your show.
1: Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. You have led such an incredible journey and have accomplished so much. Before we take a deep dive into your professional history, let's take a moment to touch on your personal background. So, tell us a bit about where you grew up and how some of your personal experiences contributed to where you are today.
2: You know that's a such a good question. And uh, I grew up in outside of Buffalo, New York, in a little town called Clarence. And Swarmville was the other name. <laughs> So yeah, everyone knew each other and we kind of had the Swarmville wave as you went you went by. And uh yeah, outside of Buffalo, New York. So it was pretty cold uh in the winters, but super great people um still have so many relationships back there. My sister's still there, and my parents were uh my dad worked at DuPont and he was a mechanic and he worked his way up to a management position, and he put a really high value on education because he had an eighth grade education, and he was one of the most brilliant men that I that I knew, just super smart. And he was a World War II veteran, uh, and he he put a super high value. And in fact, he told a story of being in a foxhole um, in World War II, and uh, the the guy he was in the foxhole with. He died, and he thought that was it for him as well. Uh, and he realized then that if he was out, he was very close to God. Um, he he would make sure that any children he had would have the education he didn't have. And I now have my doctorate, and I'm so grateful that uh, he he put a high priority. I have three other sisters, and all of us have advanced degrees.
1: Wonderful. As your journey evolved and you came from a family that really valued education, you got advanced degrees. Now, how did that lead you to where you are today? How did you, because a lot of people have that opportunity, but may not take that opportunity. You took that opportunity and you're now applying it in which ways?
2: Yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I was instilled with a great drive also from my family. And uh, I think I was the youngest by 12 years in my family. So I had to look up to sisters that were 12, 16 and 18 years older. So I was always feeling like I'm behind, I got to catch up. And so I, it instilled this type A drive in me Uh, that I have, and I always will have, and I'm so grateful for. Uh, But yeah, when I went to Columbia University at their doctorate program, I was 30, and I was the youngest in their doctorate program in leadership and organization development. Uh, It was mostly a program for uh, executive education. And I am so grateful because I still have dear friends and connections from that program. And that's how I launched my business, Summer. Um, Basically, I was working for a Fortune 500 company at the time. And I launched uh, my business during this program because all of my peers said, you are really good uh, at what you do. If you went out on your own, we would hire you into these incredible companies like GE's Leadership Development Center and uh, government agencies. And I was so blessed that in the first year, of, I, I ended up you know, leaving my corporate job, starting my own business. And I quadrupled what I made in the first year of being in business because of the connections that I had in my doctorate program.
1: That is fantastic. Now, as you talk about entrepreneurship and starting your own business, what excites you about this?
2: Oh, my God, what doesn't excite me? Um, I am such an entrepreneur at heart. I remember an eighth grade essay that I found uh, cleaning out um, a bunch of papers, and I (laughs) I found an eighth grade essay that I said in eighth grade, I wanted to run my own business. I didn't want to report to anyone else. And I just, it's in my DNA summer. And I think that entrepreneurs, it is in your DNA. I I feel uh, that it is so exciting to create something from nothing. You know, it was me and my computer basically when I started. And now I run a global consulting company with Uh, 40 employees and consultants worldwide. And it's so amazing to watch something grow from yourself to uh, a company, to an organization, and now making this huge impact on the world where we want to take it beyond the, the, the clients that we have, we're so grateful for, but we see these incredible transformations taking place in our, uh, clients, we want to take it out to the world and, and impact as many people, professionals and leaders that we possibly can.
1: Well, can you tell me as an entrepreneur, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you and how have you overcome them?
2: Yeah. So biggest challenges, I'm going to do one that is internal. All -hmm. right. So there's an internal and there's external challenges. Um, But I I will tell you, and the reason my company is named Inside Out Learning is for a reason. I believe that if we change on the inside, our outside changes. And so I think for me, one of the biggest challenges has been believing in myself and being confident. So if we don't believe in ourselves, others won't believe in us either. And I feel that we have to do our inner work. As as women, especially as people of color, especially right to really do our inner work so that we show up uh, confident and believing in ourselves, Uh, because I had a lot of insecurity to work through inside of me so it was, it was always, you know, this feeling of, of not good enough. And, and, and that, that impacted what I thought I was worth. It impacted, uh, what I felt was, um, you know, what I, what I could do in the world. And I kind of played it safe for many years. It was safety. Like I, I had safe contracts, uh, with clients and even when people would encourage me and push me, hey, you could go broader than this. You have it in you to do this. I, uh, I, I think I held myself back because of that mm-hmm. lack of belief in myself. And I've seen that um, in many uh, people that I coach as well. So I think number one is an internal challenge. You have to know what might be blocking you, what beliefs and mindsets are blocking you inside yourself. Um, And then there's been external challenges. You know, you swim with the sharks. So when you're working in Fortune 50 companies like we do, uh, many times you run into people. And unfortunately, in my life, it's been other uh, professional women many times. And we have to be so careful. I love that your audience, you know, and the name uh, is Core Women, and I, I feel we have to be so careful as women to support one another, to have each other's backs and not to be in this competition. And sometimes I've seen when I've gone into places and really let my light shine um, that some other uh, professional women or leaders don't like that. Now, many, many do also. So I don't want to say that it's not, but but many times I've run into those challenges Uh, And also run into challenges, um, even with some consultants who who wanted to uh, take our clients as their own when, you know, we're giving them amazing work. Um, So, you know, I had to learn we need contracts in place. We need NDAs in place. uh, We need to protect our IP and our client relationships uh, and, and also to really form relationships and take that time to form close relationships, uh, is very, very important. Um, and to know where to focus your energy also, I think is, is another one.
1: Yes. I love that. I love how you differentiate from the inside and outside challenges. And that is, that is critical because we do have to do our own personal work And I believe they have a name based on that inside challenge you spoke about. It's called imposter syndrome, right? Yes,
2: (laughs) it sure is.
1: Exactly. We all go through some of that and how we work through that is really critical and really important. And we each have our own process, but the work has to be done. Because as you said, if it isn't done, sometimes we, we sell ourselves short and we don't really excel and we play it safe. Yes. And you did that inner work and look where you are today with inside out learning and a book that you've written, but I want to touch on one other thing that you had mentioned about the exterior factor and women. When I started core women, one of the things as a researcher that I did was a survey. And I wanted to survey and sample women about their relationships with other women. Okay. And the reason I did this is because I wanted to see how I could reach more women where we could support each other. So the whole concept behind CORE is how we as women kinetically connect, how we organically learn from one another, how we reshape our lives through diverse interaction and how we energize one another to promote change. So two of the most important questions I asked were, do you have a female mentor in either your job or school in about 47, 48%? Said, no, I, I don't. And I haven't had a, a female mentor before. The next question was, do you feel embraced by other females in a social setting? And about 50% said no. And I thought to myself, as the questions continue to go out and the answers come back in, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, we can do better than this. Yes. We can do better than this. And from that, I thought I am going to create this platform so we can create a community, not just a network, but relationships and a community about how we can raise each other up, how we can reshape our lives through this diverse interaction, because we all have something to offer. We all want to raise each other up. And I think that's so important. So I love what you said about community and community connection and creating those relationships. So important.
2: It's so important and and thank you for starting an organization like this um, and a cause like this that can help us to do that because we can really, I I have so many female mentors in my life and coaches in my life and I don't know, I, I could not have achieved where I am today without their support. Oh, that's great
1: to hear. So let's talk a bit about this new book, The Authenticity Code and what does it really mean to be authentic and why is this important? Oh my goodness, I know.
2: (laughs) So I define authenticity as your most powerful way of adding value by expressing your unique gifts and talents for your chosen audience. So we have to know what is our most powerful way of adding value? What are our unique gifts and talents? And who are we choosing to be in front of? Are we choosing to be uh, in a corporate environment? Are we choosing to lead an organization as a business owner? Uh, and who would our customers be? Who are we choosing to be in front of? And the code is your presence plus your audience plus your presentation equals your success. Mm. All three of those things goes into cracking the authenticity code. So it is so important that we are who we are and we bring our greatest gifts. It's also very equally important that we know our audience because that's that's who we serve on a daily basis. And so often I have heard authenticity described as, let me be me regardless of you. And that is not what I'm saying in this book. I am saying you choose who to be in front of, and you need to also tailor your messaging to your clients because you want to serve them. So that is how I define authenticity.
1: I love it. So there's an aphorism, fake it till you make it. Yes. What are your feelings about this?
2: (laughs) So what I mean by that is, uh, it's probably fine to fake it, to make it like if you had a bad night's sleep and you have to be on your show or something, right. uh, you know, then I, and I need to fake that I have energy, right? right. You can do that kind of thing. However, you cannot fake who you're meant to be in this world. You cannot fake doing something that you are just not designed to do. I have had so many clients over the years say to me, you know, my parents wanted me to be this. I never even thought of what I wanted to do or be. I remember one client who was a lawyer and she was getting physically ill going into her office and she had to pull over on the side of the road and she called me and she's like, I can't do this anymore. And so I helped her to explore. And in the book, there is a fantastic exercise with 10 questions that helps you to get in touch with your specific purpose in terms of your authentic brand. I took her through that. She got in touch with, that she wants to be a judge. Like she wanted to be a judge. She then went out and applied to be a judge, a federal judge. And, um, 500 applicants she beat out for that job because she knew she was centered. That is like, that is who I am. This is what I came to do. I came to bring justice. That was her greatest gift. So she has been a successful judge ever since and loves, loves her, her, her work in the world. That's what I mean. You can't fake it to make it. She couldn't be faking it as a lawyer anymore. Right. Cause that just wasn't her calling. She did need that a bit in order to become that judge. Right. Certainly. But, but then it's like, she can't continue that for 20 more years. Right.
1: Yeah. She had a vision for herself and her vision wasn't where she was at or where she wanted to be at that point. She wanted to be somewhere else. And so she worked Her way to becoming a judge, she applied, she had a strategy, she had goals, she had the objectives to meet the goals, and she's there. So I love this example because that whole aphorism, fake it till you make it, feels very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. It always has because I feel the word fake, it's like doesn't align with authenticity.
2: That's right. Yes. (laughs) It's It's the opposite. (laughs) The opposite. So I'm like, wait, I don't
1: get it. So I, I just had to ask your feelings about that because it is such an interesting phrase, "fake it till you make it." And I think that you don't necessarily have to fake the funk. You can actually be yourself and learn skills as you go along to apply to be more authentic and live in yourself. So, my next question is: What are some tips you could give someone about understanding their own authenticity? And feeling comfortable about showing the world who they are authentically, because a lot of times people don't feel comfortable in their own skin because of conditioning, because of many reasons. So what would be some tips you could offer folks about being authentic?
2: Yeah, fabulous. So so one is to really know what is your gift that really differentiates you. It's almost like, what did you come to this earth to give others? We each have unique gifts inside of us. And there's a clue in in one of the 10 questions in the book uh, goes kind of deep, which is, uh, what, what was your greatest wound growing up? And it's actually a paradox that your greatest wound is your greatest gift to give others because you have felt what that's like. So for example, my greatest wound was I wanted people to see and celebrate my unique gifts and talents. So for many years, I was searching for that outside, wanting to get that from other people. Won't you see my unique gifts and talents? Well, then when I shifted that to give it, that's my greatest gift to give. Well, look what I'm doing, the authenticity code. That helps people to connect with their greatest gifts and talents. So it is when you shift from trying to receive it to give it. So think about that as my number one tip is really know your greatest gift to give. And no matter where you are, whether you're in your desired role or in a, in a growing role that you're growing toward that role, give that gift. You go into a meeting. I always think, how can I help people in this meeting to celebrate their unique gifts and talents? Right. Always be giving that gift. That is that is part of your authenticity. And then know your desired role. Know that. Where do you want to go in the future? Really do some soul searching. And that is what my book really helps people to do. You know, this book is based on a program that we've been doing for 20 years now. And I have seen such transformation in people from getting the job they really want uh, to getting the promotion. Um, to starting a business, to scaling a business, because they know how to communicate better what they're selling, their services, and they're centered in who they are. And I will tell you, even getting through COVID, I had my brand statement out on my desk where I read it daily, because it centers me. So the number one tip is, get your brand statement, get your authentic brand, know what that is, and be giving your greatest gift in whatever interaction you have.
1: I love that. Thank you for that. And I think what you had mentioned earlier about feeling uncomfortable, some of that imposter syndrome, it is really recognizing the first step is really recognizing that you have these gifts. Yes. Because a lot of times just working in the clinical field, working with human beings, working in human services for years, a lot of people don't even recognize their own value or gifts. Yes. So to recognize that and then understand your brand statement is just so valuable. And as you said, every day you had your brand, your statement on in front of you, and you were able to look at it And it kept you centered. It kept you focused. It kept you balanced because we had to do a lot of pivoting and shifting during this time.
2: Yes, we did.
1: And it's a very unique time. So those tips about how to feel centered, how to recognize your own authenticity and how to live in that authenticity are so significant. I'm so excited about this book. So thank you for writing it. So we are coming to the end of the interview. And as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be?
2: The words of wisdom are crack the authenticity code for yourself because it will help you to achieve your desired success. Get a copy of the book and do the exercises in the book. And I really do know and trust these are proven tools and concepts. You will be a new person bringing more confidence, more authenticity, and you will start to really see your desired goals and success that you're going to achieve those. So that's my words of wisdom is really get in touch with who you truly are and bring that to the world and let that light shine.
1: Mm. Thank you, Dr. Sharon Lamb Hartman for joining me on the core women podcast today.
2: Oh, I'm so grateful summer. You're just awesome. I, I so appreciate your cause and I, I hope it was helpful.
1: Oh, absolutely. If you would like to connect with Dr. Sharon, you can find her on LinkedIn at Dr. Sharon Lamb Hartman and at inside out learning and on Instagram at inside out learning on Facebook at inside out learning Inc on Twitter at IOL underscore Inc. Her website is www.insideoutlearning.com. And you can pre-order Dr. Sharon Lamb Hartman's book, The Authenticity Code on Amazon.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about CORE Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a CORE Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at the life, love, and Money.com.